0: If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Gold has been valued and treasured since the beginning of time. Now here's the question. What is your gold? Take time and answer it yourself. What is my goal?
1: Welcome to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. How many have curiously watched the life of a person with a famous last name, seeing how money, privilege or position set them up for great success and at the same time, epic failure? Moses lived a charmed life, adopted into Pharaoh's home, set on a trajectory of wealth, privilege and honour. Yet, God interrupted, leading Moses to deny all, to step out in faith, as an example to generations to come. This is part one of Dr. Yusuf's new series, Treasure That Lasts. You'll see that God has some tough questions for you, with even tougher answers. But in the end, following God is where true treasure is found. Listen now and experience Treasure That Lasts.
0: I think I'm not alone in saying this, or at least sensing this, that it appears to me at least that every second commercial on television is about buying gold. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they just constantly want us to buy gold. Well, by the way, there is nothing wrong, I want you to hear me right, there's nothing wrong with having gold or wearing gold, it's okay, that's not what I'm talking about. The gold that I will be talking about throughout the series of messages has probably very little to do with that uh, yellow metal that we wear. It is not the gold that we have that I will be talking about, it's the gold that has us. Because if we are honest with ourselves... In our self-examination and let the Holy Spirit really examine our hearts, I think every one of us will have to confess that there is something or someone that is constantly vying for our love and our affection for Jesus. The deeper issue that I will be bringing up here is whoever and whatever is competing for your full affection for the Lord Jesus Christ is your gold. That can be your gold. Gold has been valued and treasured since the beginning of time. In fact, some of you remember when the oil became so valuable and they used to refer to it as black gold because it has value in it. Now, here's the question. What is your gold? What's your gold? That is the question. Take time and answer it to yourself. What is my gold? And once you answer that question, then the next question is, Am I willing for the sake of Jesus and for my love for Jesus to turn my back on my gold? I want you to turn with me to Hebrews eleven twenty six. One verse. It begins by saying, By faith Moses, and then the rest of the verse that I'm going to read is a Yusuf translation. It's a use of interpretation. By faith, Moses turned his back on the gold of a privileged life in Egypt and chose instead to be a type of Christ and be the deliverer of his people. Since the beginning of time, God has given men and women boys and girls, giving them an opportunity to choose, giving them the opportunity to decide, giving them an opportunity to choose either the world's gold, whatever it is to each of you, or God's glory. Every day, you and I are confronted by opportunities to decide on this question. The first decision that our very first parents made is choosing between God's glory or man's gold, and we know the choices they made. In fact, the word decide or decision, it's means cutting, because by the virtue of choosing one option, you are cutting out all the other options. You are deciding. In Acts chapter 7, before Stephen was martyred to death, he somehow said that Moses knew that his mission is to obey God. And he did at a colossal personal cost. Now, that is not something God asks of everybody, but whatever he's asking you to turn your back on, are you doing it? And how can you go about it? You see, Moses' mission is very similar to Joseph, and yet they went about it two different ways. Joseph used worldly powers to bless God's people and save God's people, Moses would reject worldly power for that same purpose. So God does not call two of us to do the same, because what is gold to you may not be gold to me, and what is gold to me may not be gold to you. That is why He calls each of us to decide. Today, with 24-hour news cycles, everyone is looking for the 15 minutes of fame. And so we became a famed, crazed society. <laughs> and to be sure, fame does bring certain honors. There's no doubt about it. They're not going to deny that. A child who's born into a famous family is looked upon as great, whether they've done great things or not, whether they've really accomplished anything. They just have be happen to be born into a famous family. Powerful political families traffic on their name and fame whether they're competent or not. And that is why heaven values those who determine to choose the glory of God instead of the world's gold. Moses had a choice. He can obey God or disobey God. He really have a choice. Every one of us have a choice. Obey or disobey. Often, disobedience has a short-term advantage. Ah, oh, but in the long run... It is extremely painful. Trust me. Listen, it is hard enough not to seek after these things. Whether they're pleasures, whether they're ease, whether they're comfort, whether they're wealth, whatever they may be, it is hard enough not to seek out. But to have them all and then give them all up, that's another story. Think about this. Growing up in the palace, the most powerful man in the world at the time, I mean, people were waiting on you, hand and foot. You could spend 12 hours a day playing golf at the Royal Golf Club, Royal Spa, get pampered. (laughs) The best of foods, the best of clothes, the best of recreation, the best of luxuries, the best of everything. By the way, these are not sins, just in case I'm not sending you on a guilt trip. They're not sins in in themselves. Joseph enjoyed the same things, and he was obedient to God. But they would have been a sin to Moses. Whatever comes between you and obedience to the Lord is a sin. That is a sin. And that is why the Word of God commends Moses for giving up the world's gold for God's glory. He gave up everything and anything that stood in the way of perfect obedience. Please hear me right. This is important. Obedience is not always easy. In fact, I can honestly tell you, it's seldom easy. But the consequences of disobedience is far worse, far worse, far worse. So let me ask you this answer it yourself. Nobody can answer that question for you. You have to answer it for yourself. What is God calling you to do? When you are alone with God, what does His finger is placed on in your life that is stopping you from the life of holiness? What is it that you are running away from what mission is He calling you to do, but you dig in your heels? What kind of gold of the world that is holding on to you, that is keeping you from the life of holiness? Only you can answer that question. <laughs> Hebrews eleven twenty-six 26, again, let me give you a literal translation. Talking about Moses now, he said, considering the reproach of Christ, greater riches than all of the treasures of Egypt. Now, the word considering here, it's an important word, very, very important, because it means that Moses didn't just say, oh, okay, God, you're calling me, I'm going to respond. No, no, no. The word considering means that he gave this a long, thoughtful, and careful thought. He weighed the pros and the cons. He weighed the for and against. He weighed the power and the wealth of Egypt against what God is offering him, which is very little, if anything. In fact, a lot of suffering. Then he decided. He considered it all. He made the decision. The worst that he could endure for Christ, whom, of course, he saw by faith down the road, more than 1,500 years before Christ was more valuable than what the world can offer him. You say, well, how come? I mean, 1,500 years or more before Christ, how could he have seen Christ? How can he envision that? When we get to heaven, we're going to find that everybody in heaven is saved through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, whether they lived in the Old Testament or the New Testament. Because those who have lived in the Old Testament, they looked by faith to the cross of Jesus Christ, just like Abraham who saw that city from afar 2,000 years. And all of those who were saved by every time they saw a lamb being slaughtered, they knew it's a foreshadowing of the coming of the cross of Christ. And that's how they are saved in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we are saved by faith as we look backward by that same faith. Someone said, You know, if it were Moses versus Egypt, you would have to pity Moses. <laughs> but it was because it was God versus Egypt, you have to pity Egypt. I can assure you of one thing. See, the moment you, in obedience, turn your back on whatever your gold is for God's glory, there will be many others who are watching you who are going to be inspired to do great things for God. My beloved friends, giving up gold for glory has its own incalculable, because there is no calculator in the world that can measure it. (laughs) It's incalculable rewards. Listen to what Theodore Roosevelt said, a man who himself was flawed, human being, just like all of us, but he really wanted to do great things. Here's what he said, "'It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong men stumble,' or where the doers of deeds could have done them better. (laughs) The credit belongs to the man who actually is in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, and yet he survives, he strives valiantly. Moses was this man. He was this man. And no wonder Moses' name was mentioned in the Bible more than 700 times. Now, I go back to Stephen in the book of Acts chapter 7, because what Stephen does just before he is martyred and saw the vision of Christ receiving him in heaven, he divides Moses' life into three different stages. Each stage was 40 years. Have you been waiting for God for so long? And you say, when, Lord? (laughs) This man waited 80 years. I hope I'm in heaven by then. So if God wants to do something, he better hurry up. <laughs> but here's what Stephen did. Stephen divided the life of Moses into three stages, 40 years each. And I'm going to give you a use explanation. Forty years in the palace where Moses was learning that he is something. Then 40 years in the desert with the Midianites learning that he was nothing. And third stage, 40 years in the wilderness with God's people learning that God is everything. (laughs) Had Moses stayed in the palace of Pharaoh in the lap of luxury, we would have read about him in the history books that he was the first Hebrew descendant of slaves became a Pharaoh in Egypt. Everybody's obsessed about being first in this and first that. And, well, Moses wasn't interested in being first anything. All he was interested in is obeying God. That's all that matters to him. All that mattered to him. Now, let me give you in one and a half minute a historic summary because we're going to be looking at this for weeks in details, but I, you've got to come in with me here on the history so you know where we are in this stage of history. Back in Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 and 14, God said to His servant Abraham, to His friend Abraham, He said, Abraham, your descendants, your children's children, are going to go into a land in which they'll be enslaved. But I'm going to hear their cry and I'm going to send them a deliverer after 400 years of slavery. I'm going to deliver them. Alright? Just remember that. Abraham, Moses, 400 years apart. And sure, right on schedule... Joseph, that is Abraham's great grandson, remember his son is Isaac, so Isaac's son is Jacob or Israel, and Israel's son was Joseph. Out of envy and jealousy, his brothers sold him into slavery in Egypt. And there he became the second highest in the land. What happened to the people of Israel, the children of Israel, they grew in number, they multiplied much faster than the Egyptians, (laughs) they became numerous. So what does Pharaoh do in order to keep them from causing trouble? Is that he kept them knee-deep in mud, making bricks for the Egyptians. And so that Pharaoh oppressed the Israelites to keep them busy. But right on God's schedule, miraculously, he raises up Moses to deliver the Israelites just as he promised Abraham 400 years early. Beloved, listen to me, God always, always, always keeps His promises. He never failed yet, and he ain't going to fail now. The amazing thing about God using Moses is this. Moses had it all. He really did. And he gave it all. Gave it up all. Gave it all up. So, the Apostle Paul, I don't know whether you understand, Paul said, and here are the privilege. And he did this out of frustration one time, and he started talking about all the things that he had. He was a great scholar. He was respected. He was wealthy. He was paid big bucks. He, was, he had all these things that which he calls them rubbish later on in comparison to Christ. He had everything. He gave it up. But of course, the greatest example of talk about giving it all up is Jesus, the Son of God, for whom the world was created when they clicked their fingers and all the stars danced in their place. He is the God from whom and through whom all world, all the universe, all the galaxies were created, and yet He gave up all of the splendor, all of the glory of heaven in order to glorify His Father. The Bible said He died for us, but He did it all in obedience to the Father, to bring glory to the Father. If you study closely Hebrews 11… You read there, by faith, by faith, by faith. And they are as mixed up with different people as they come from the righteous to the prostitute. By faith, by faith, by faith. That's the one thing they had in common. You can substitute the word faith and put obedience, and you get the same thing. In obedience, in obedience, in obedience. Abel, in obedience, Moses, in obedience, Noah, in obedience. And if you examine the way the Lord Jesus Christ talked to His disciples, never one time did He praise them for their power or praise them for their wisdom or praise them for their passion or praise them for their sound strategy or praise them for their strategic thinking. Faith. Faith. As small as a mustard seed can uproot a sycamore tree. Faith, small as a mustard seed, can move a mountain and place it in the middle of the sea. Faith that casts out demon. Faith that makes God's power manifest in the darker circumstances in which we walk. But I need to stop here for a minute, because every time I see some of these people talking about faith, I grieve deeply in my heart. The way they talk about faith, they make actually makes greed to look be virtuous. Have faith to be rich. Have faith to be pampered. Have faith to be healthy. Have faith to get whatever you want in life. And yet, according to the Word of God, as I read it, faith is the willingness to let God rule supreme in everything. Faith says, have thine own way, Lord. Faith says, I am willing to give up my gold for God's glory anytime. Faith says, with John the Baptist, he must increase and I must decrease. Faith is far from self-serving that we get it all, live it up, for it was the faith of Moses that made him turn his back on prosperity, not demand prosperity. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with prosperity. God prosper you, praise God. That's fine. There are some people, when they preach prosperity, if, you know, you're going to be prosperous If you demand it from God, just say the right words. By faith, Moses renounced all of the wealth of the great Pharaoh, not clawing his way into power and prestige. <laughs> by faith, Moses identified with God's persecuted people, not the ruling elite. Now, here's something you must not miss. That faith of Moses was considered to be foolishness by Grandpa Pharaoh, adopted grandpa. <laughs> it was considered foolishness by all his cousins, Fair-wits. There are a lot of ferowits running around the palace. The faith of Moses was considered to be foolishness on the part of his adopted mama. The faith of Moses does not make sense to our selfish and self-centered world of today. The faith of Moses would be held in contempt by the world's elite today. It defies the logic of of the secular mind that has invaded the churches of Jesus Christ. Now, there is no doubt that Moses could have rationalized his staying in the luxury of the palace of Pharaoh. There's no doubt. He could rationalize it. I could do better on the inside than I'm on the outside. And you know what? God calls people to do that. But not for Moses. That would have been a sin. God calls people to be on the inside. But I can tell you, testify to you, when I was a young Christian, 16 years of age, and I got tricked by the devil, that you can do better by joining with this crowd. But on the inside, you can witness for Christ. And before long, I was in the mud with them. God graciously delivered me. Be very careful. Be very careful. Be very careful. For Moses, faith called him to give up the world's temporary crown for the eternal crown.
1: This is Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. Do you have questions about what it means to experience a life of faith like Moses? Well, we'd love to help answer your questions and guide you on that journey. Begin a conversation at ltw.org slash Jesus. That's ltw.org slash Jesus. Well, I do hope you can join us again next time when Dr. Yusuf continues his life-changing series, Treasure That Lasts, on Leading the Way. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. Connect through television, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all of our social media networks. Learn more at ltw.org.